What up, everyone? You are listening to another brand new High Doge Finition episode of the award-winning podcast that is recognized by you, the listeners, as the best business slash lifestyle show in the entire world. Yes, yes, y'all. This is the Behind the Baller podcast featuring original music by Lakey Lake. Production by none other but the best in the podcast game. Yes, the almighty Dust Brothers. This is obviously professional podcasting. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the weekend wrap up. Uh, My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Some of you guys know me as the Korean John Cusack, the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Washed Lord. I am your gracious host. On today's episode, we have a special guest. And when I mean special, it is two times special because we rarely ever have a guest on the weekend wrap up. And we have a legendary hip hop artist. Yes, legendary. Listen, I've only had two rappers on this show. One current, one who's kind of, you know, in his own lane. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Big Daddy Kane coming on BTB today. Rest in peace to my friend and also hip-hop legend, Shaq G. Uh, Dogecoin has dipped, or it dipped, sorry, to 14 cents, but we came back, you hating ass bitches. Um, Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about crypto on the show. You know, it's it's just got to get done, right? Uh, Fuck the Oscars, aka the Academy Awards, right? Um, Do you guys know what a vampire facial is? Yes, vampire facial. Fucking crazy. Um, Generation Hustle is a fucking awesome masterpiece documentary. And I'm about to do a social media reset while I go on vacation. I'll tell you more and more shit talking on another legendary episode of BTB. Miles, Jordan, Lakey, BTB Army. Let's fucking go. So, yo, everyone's panicking about the dip on crypto this past week and weekend and all that shit. Look, what you guys don't realize is that we should be so fucking lucky to grab Doge and Bitcoin for a discount. Okay? The fucking sky is not falling, right? The floor is not fucking falling underneath us, right? Okay? Yes, there's a dip. And I done told you guys, I love eating chips dip, right? Motherfucking nachos. French dip, whatever the fuck you call it. Look, that is not a dip. It's called a discount, all right? Now, I do think that Bitcoin may drop, and I'm being real with y'all, okay? I think Bitcoin may drop into the 30s, okay? But now, listen to this. I also do think it's going to hit $100,000 in the not-so-far future, all right? I don't think it's far-fetched. I'm not crazy. I'm 100% coherent right now, alert as a motherfucker, and I'm telling you guys straight up, that's why I feel like Bitcoin's going to go. Um, I didn't speak about it dropping or anything, but it was inevitable, okay? 
told you guys it was going to hit 50. It hit 50 way sooner, and it's surpassed that and everything, okay? It's an expensive coin and it's exclusive, but I'm telling you guys, I think it's going to drop a little bit. You guys want to jump in then? Cool. Great. Be my guest. All right. Now, listen, Doge has been dancing at the 26, 27 cent range, right? Went up to, you know, as, as high as 28.4, some shit. And then it went down to like 24, whatever this weekend. But look, all weekend long, right? After that nasty ass weird dip, you got all these so-called professional traders on the business pages. I've seen this other dude talking about, oh, this, this. Shut the fuck up, man. Okay. The, I saw this one trade. I forgot the fuck what his name was. Man, dude, it was crazy because he's like the only hip hop like crypto dude that I've seen. Like really just his whole page is dedicated on crypto and stocks and everything, right? And he was like, don't fuck with Doge. This was this, this, and this. This guy's dumb and this, this per million, blah, blah, whatever. It's going to go. It's going to crash more here. Motherfucker, you were the same guy who said it wouldn't hit five cents. Same guy who said it wouldn't hit 20, the 10, the quarter. Then when it hit 50, oh, it's going to crash here and there, boom. And then it came back up. And people are like, oh God, here it goes. Guess what? This coin is going to fucking three cents and then it's going to go to nothing. Like, it didn't do that. Okay. Look, guys, you're professional traders. Okay, great. Right. And, and it's so fucking funny because there are guys with $100 that are calling it a scam. They have $100 in stocks. And people are like, oh, why does it matter what kind of money? Look, bro, because you know what? When you have less vested stake in shit, you don't get the fucking right to talk. This ain't fucking everyone has equal fuck. Look at you could say shit, but there's no validity to what you're saying. All right. And people are gambling and putting money out there, a lot more money on the line with this. And there's a lot more people who know what the fuck they're doing and they've made money. All right. So if you want to go to a blackjack table and tell motherfuckers how they should hit or, you know, stay on a hand when you got fucking $15, the table minimum, and someone's got two, three, 10 G's on a fucking hand. Listen, man, just shh, just shut the fuck up. Okay, look, you have never heard me call Doge an altcoin, all right? And even if by true definition it was at one point and it wasn't a meme coin, look, you guys said as a, and yes, it was a joke, something for fun, but listen, guys, all that shit is in the past, okay? Everyone wants to bring up your past and everything else, whether it be, especially when it's mistakes or whatever, look, there's not that many mistakes that I've talked about and the mistakes that I've made, I've admitted to and I've said them. If I fuck up on something, I'm gonna say it. I, I'm not a, look, people try to expose shit all the time. Oh, you did this. Oh, you went here. Motherfucker, I've got no secrets. Okay. But going to Doge, look, let's not talk about the past because we the, the shit has already did what it needed to do, right? Doge has graduated now and it's got a market cap of more than a lot of huge, enormous corporations. Okay. I still truly do believe it will reach a dollar, okay? And there is long-term stability possibilities with this coin because it's for everyone, right? But look, that shit's probably not gonna happen until after a few more dips and a few more heart attacks for some of you people. That's what the fuck this game is about, all right? I must say this one more fucking time, okay? I am not a financial advisor, but I will say, stop putting money in things you cannot afford to, right? I said this with sneaker reselling. The ones who can hold and chill are the ones who will win, okay? The pump and dump chumps, they need to go join the circus, 
okay? Doge was never supposed to reach 10 cents, like I said, right? Never a quarter. How many times do I have to tell you guys that our community is strong? We are worldwide, and this coin is for the people, all right? Yeah, it dipped a little bit. Told y'all, chill the fuck out. Yeah, oh, this guy's selling 2 million here. Shut the fuck up, okay? And I get it, but we're resilient now, XRP has taken a shit all week and the week before, and it still hasn't recovered. It's kind of come up here and there, whatever. Boom, look. I'm not saying that Ripple's fucking done, but look, fuck the court cases and all legal issues. People try to make up an excuse for fucking everything, right? As of right now, I'm just going to say bleh on Ripple, okay? Safe Moon, look, it came back a little bit, but listen, to me, Safe Moon is dog shit. Please don't bring up Elongate to me at all whatsoever, okay? Again, the altcoin shit is crazy. I'm not fucking with it. Let me mess around a little safe. Because everyone, oh, Safe Moon, this, safe moon this. Okay, fool, let me go in here. Boom. Now look what happened. And I'm not mad at nobody. Fuck it, you know? As of this podcast right now, right? I've already written Safe Moon off, right? And I have 10 billion coins, okay? Yes, you shit suckers heard it correctly 10 billion coins, right? And if it fucking flops and does everything that goes back to fucking to nothing, then fuck it, so be it, right? I'll just hold on to that bitch until it does something. And if it doesn't, oh well, that's the game. Now, Ethereum has stayed strong as a motherfucker. It has been twerking right between the $2,200 and $2,400 range all week, right? I ain't mad at all. You know what I'm saying? I got it at $165 and I'm still holding all right, I've sold quite a bit of my Bitcoin, and um, if it goes to 100 grand, 200 grand, I'm not going to regret it, okay, not one bit, all right, not one bit, bit, pun intended, but again, Dogecoin Army, we are good, we are going to hit one dollar, all right, chill the fuck out, drink a Pokari sweat, Stop the rumors about crypto falling off and the reason why you think this is and there's a fucking, it's a scam and this, that, whatever. Everyone needs to chill the fuck out, right? Crypto is not a, there's shit that could be a scam or whatever, but I'm talking about in the general, legit top 10 coins, there's a ton of coins, right? But I'm just saying, cryptocurrency is the future, all right? There's no stopping it in general, period. Stop the bullshit. People were scared. This is a real reason, okay? Because of the Biden tax capital gain shit proposals. Look, let me tell you guys this. You actually think Congress is gonna allow that fucking high of a tax? And you know what? It was crazy because I read this thing. I don't know if it was Eisenhower, Roosevelt, I forgot who the fuck it was. Sorry. But there was a time in America we had 95% tax. Okay, anyways, if and if somehow a higher tax does get passed, officially pushed through, right? then what you need to do is get smarter, make more money, and you need to get a better tax accountant, right? Get a better tax person who knows how to fucking get incorporated in fucking the basic, you know, shit. If you need to move to Florida, fucking Nevada, whatever the fuck, you know, Texas, where they have, you know, no income tax, do what you gotta do. But get a better tax guy, okay? I got one, but he's not cheap, okay? Speaking of Biden, uh, real quick, he did an amazing thing this weekend, and he officially recognized that what happened to Armenians over 100 years ago was actually genocide, and he did it on Armenian Genocide Day, okay? So now it's official, it's in the books, and salute to all my Armenians out there. You already know I fuck with y'all, and they call me Cormenian, right? Okay? 
but the scared bitch pussy punk flinching over crypto being taxed is cap, right? And cap, when I say cap, I mean bullshit, okay? If you know what you are doing, then you got nothing to worry about when it comes to tax if you know what you are doing, okay? If you do not know what you're doing with crypto and how you're trading it, how you're selling it, well then, you just aren't well-versed in this, right? So then why the fuck are you involved in this if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, right? It's like selling sneakers on StockX, be like, oh shit, I bought this shoe for fucking 300. Man, that shit's going for six or seven or whatever it may be. Study this shit, okay? Because you don't realize as a seller, you got to pay for shipping. You got to pay for fucking fees and taxes, all this other shit. And then now you're flipping a fucking shoe you pay 274 to make 30 bucks. Bill, oh, it's still 30. No, fuck all that, man. And some people are taking L's, okay? Make sure you know what you're doing, all right? Become fluent in this before you just jump in or be around somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't be a fucking jabroni. So let's talk about Elon Musk real quick, right? Um, he's hosting Saturday Night Live on May 8th with one of my favorite people, uh, Miley Cyrus. I'm totally fucking joking, okay, by the way. I'd rather walk to China. Yes, mainland China. I'd rather walk from Hollywood, okay, than watch even one minute of anything she ever got to say or do. I don't want to see shit. I don't give a fuck ever. And it just that's just me personally. That's my own opinion. That's how I feel. Right, anyways, I see people bitching about Elon Musk going on the show. And like, I mean, you see what happened, Lord Michaels, when you gave a reality star to Donald Trump. How do you compare Donald Trump to Elon Musk? Okay. Like, I mean, yes, he's not an actor, but he is a huge fucking celebrity. Okay. And I'm genuinely curious how he'll do. Right. Okay. He seems witty as fuck. He seems smart. I'm sure the rehearsals will ease him through all of this. So everyone's got to chill. And I think that most of the people that listen to this show know that I'm not even nowhere near his biggest fan. In fact, for a while, I was like, fuck this dude. And again, look, I don't know. But it would be awesome if he does mention Dogecoin, right? And he has pushed it a lot. We just need, well, like, as a Dogecoin gang community, we just need him to push this shit or Bezos or both of them. We need both of them to accept it on either Tesla's site or on Amazon or, again, on both sites, okay? And then they do that, and we're going to $10 a coin easy. I don't want to hear shit about your market cap bullshit. Motherfuckers is going in, all right? And now with that said, let's get to a commercial break and to our interview with the rap legend Big Daddy Kane. In 2021, focusing on your mental health is more important than ever. And that's why we're excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. Therapy helps. And it doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So what is therapy? It's whatever you want it to be. You can privately talk to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with stress or you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help you. BetterHelp is a customized 
online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to go and see somebody on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communication with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Behind the Baller listeners get a 10% discount off their first month at betterhelp.com slash baller. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. Get right with BetterHelp. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? Another episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. And you already know, listen, man, I don't have a lot of rappers on the show. You guys know this, okay? Now, this is a very special occasion because uh, it happened completely by accident. Shout out to my boy MC Search of uh, Third Base, who I do plan on having on the show. But, you know, I always pay homage to the old school. People call me an old head. And uh, it's, uh, it's just a real pleasure, man, to have a legend, a pioneer, someone who's one of the forefathers of hip-hop, uh, original member of the Juice Crew, all that and everything. We got my man Big Daddy Kane on BTB. What up, Kane? What's happening, man? Glad <laughs> to be a part. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Look, bro, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's already kind of late. Let's jump right the fuck into it, man. Yo, so what was it like getting a record deal back in 86? Because I don't even know what it was like back in 86. You know what I mean? I didn't get into the game until, you know, mid-90s. Well, in 86, I was really just writing for biz. I didn't get my deal till 87. But I mean, you know, it was an independent deal. So, you know, it, it wasn't that big. It was it was an honor to me, you know, something spectacular to me, like, you know, I'm finally on. But um, I didn't really officially get on until um, until I dropped Raw and then Warner Brothers wanted to pick me up as part of the Cold Chilling package. Right. Hold on. Biz was on Cold Chilling for sure, right? Yeah. And then... Um... Cause I'm thinking about that album, Jesus Christ, just make the music with your mouth. That's crazy. Yeah, it was Biz, Shan, Shante, Cool G Rap, myself, uh, Master Ace. You know, we all were there. But originally when Cold Chillin' went to Warner Brothers, Warner's only wanted Biz, Shante, and Shan. They didn't want me and G-Rap. That's crazy because yeah. G-Rap ended up signing with us at Aftermath like many years later, like 97-ish. We did a deal with G oh, Rap. Wow. I, I didn't know he'd know that. Wow. Yeah, he, he he had a deal. I don't, we never put out an album, but uh, G Rap was a, he was already just wow, man. I'm a, holy shit. I, I didn't know what you just said right now. Um, listen, T J Swan was well, he was just kind of the singer with Biz. Yeah, the, the brother that sung with Biz. Okay, so let me ask you then. How old were you in '87? You know, I mean, like nineteen. So nineteen, bro. Like I was in college at nineteen, right? I didn't know shit about business. Okay, so did you know about publishing, like what it meant to recoup, you know what I'm saying, a meal and this and nah. everything? I mean, honestly, when it came to stuff like that, I had no knowledge of anything um, concerning, you know, the music industry in that aspect. You know, I was like green to it all. And plus, you know, I'm 19, so I'm just happy to have a record deal, you know? So I honestly wasn't even focused on it. You know, it, it took about two years before, you know, I started noticing things wasn't right. And, you know, people started giving me game. And honestly, the first person to give me game was Ice-T. Wow. The first person to give me game and that's was Ice-T. And it was about the movie Colors. 
because I at the Colors premiere party, uh, we was talking about how great it was to be a part of this film. And then Ice-T leaned over and said, um, I know that 25,000 didn't hurt either. <laughs> I'm like, what 25,000? He was like, the advance you got. I was like, I only got five. And he was like, I got 25. You might want to talk to your people. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> that was the first time. Well, shit. Yeah. Shout out to my boy, Tracy. You already know uh, Tracy, uh, Ice-T's uh, my illegitimate godfather. He's uh, been on the podcast before. He's a very close friend of mine. Ice has been put me, he put me up on game. I was actually, how crazy is this? I meet Ice in a 82 and uh, Ice, I end up being Ice T's A&R for his sixth album, Return of the Real, which is crazy, right? So um, what was, you so you, your first check for that Colors thing was 5Gs then? For the Colors thing, yeah. Okay, but when you signed on your deal, what was your advance on the, on the album deal? On the album deal, the advance was on that very first one, Long as it came, twenty five thousand. Okay, that's it. But twenty five G's back in eighty seven—that was a lot of money, bro. You know what I mean? That was, I mean, to a certain extent. What did you buy when you got that advance, man? Yeah, but I mean, the, the once we went through all the legal process, and you know, true, brought, you know, the, the second album advance was on two hundred fifty thousand. Oh shit! Okay, you know, so I mean, you know. <laughs> 25,000 was a lot to me then, you know what I'm saying? When I was green, I didn't know what, you know, I'm supposed to get. Right. You know? Well, I mean, and not saying I was supposed to get, you know, 250,000. Nah, man, shit, that's beautiful. Let me ask you a question, though. What's the first big purchase you cop, well, you know, from any of your advances or any time, any, any of that early rap music money? The first thing I bought was, uh, the, I think the first big purchase was a, was a car. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I bought a white Volvo. <laughs> that's yeah. what's up, man. Yeah, that's crazy. So let me ask you that, man. Tell me about one single moment in the prime of your career back at that time, right, that stands out more than any other memory that you could think of. Oh, man, there's so many memories back then. Um, one is uh, meeting Rick James and conversating with him. Oh shit. You know, that was like a great <laughs> moment, you know, for me. And, um, probably another was, um, hanging with Barry White. Oh shit. Know? Okay. Rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace. Both of them was fucking my name. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, man. What'd you talk about? Bro, please tell me you did some coke with him or something. Tell me you did something crazy with Rick, man. <laughs> nah, you know, when I came around Rick, I was introduced to him by the A&R for my label, Alonzo Brown. Formerly, um, Mr. Hyde from Jekyll and Hyde. Oh shit! I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Alonzo Brown introduced me to Rick James, and like the whole time he's telling me about how Rick be wild, and you know. But at that point in time, I'm hot, right? So I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, man, fuck Rick, man. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I show y'all how, how it goes down. You know, this is my time. <laughs> so we go to his photo shoot, and he's taking pictures and everything. And um, now keep in mind, I already met Rick once before because I did um, Lucy's rap for him. But um, now this time, um, I'm meeting him and we talk. And the whole time he's around me, all he's doing is telling me about um, Warner Brothers, telling me about his days at Motown, telling me about the industry. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. The whole entire time, Rick is on some straight up, let me school you, youngin. Like that was the whole time, like from the photo shoot to when we went to eat all the way back to his hotel room. That's all he talked about was industry stuff and trying to give me game. And then while we're in the hotel room, a knock on the door. 
He opened the door, three chicks come in. <laughs> Rick did something I never seen a man do in my entire life. I never seen a man put his hands in his back pocket. I mean, like Rick put his hands in his back pocket to start talking to them and was like, y'all bitches come on in. Y'all ready to party? We gonna party right now. <laughs> Meet my friends. This is Alonzo Brown from Warner Brothers and this is Big Daddy Kane, the baddest rapper on the planet and the prettiest black motherfucker next to me. And I mean, and he reached in his nightstand drawer and pulled out pre-cut lines of coke. I guess that he had there from that morning already ready to go. Damn. And you know, I I I wasn't ready to party like that, man. Right, I was right, like, right. yeah, you know what? I gotta um, <laughs> I got this thing. I gotta I gotta slide out on. But yo, man, I appreciate. Yeah. Did it you? Was uh, great. So you and Alonzo were close then. Oh yeah, because Alonzo um was with Cold Chillin' before he went to Warner Brothers, and then I think to A and M because he's also the one that made the Barry White connection. Yeah, because I didn't know I didn't know Alonzo like that. I knew Andre though, Harrell. Me and Andre was been friends for you know yeah, up till his. Piece. Rest in peace. Man, that's crazy. Let me ask you this, man. This is something I've been wanting to ask you. Ready for this shit? I've been wanting to ask you this shit for almost 30 fucking years, okay? Because I never, ever came across you. You're probably one of the very few people I've never met. Bro, how the fuck did you meet Madonna? Like, what was that? How did that even happen and end up being in her book and all that? That was a Warner Brothers thing. Warner Brothers sent uh, me, Madonna, and Color Me Bad to these hospitals in, in Manhattan to visit children that were sick. And, you know, we went there and just, you know, took pictures, signed autographs, and, you know, tried to cheer, cheer them up. Right. But they were like hospitals on like the bougie side of town. So a lot of the kids in there, you know, they were more into pop music than hip hop. They didn't know who the hell I was. And at one of the hospitals, Madonna just said, you know who that is? That's Big Daddy Kane. He's a famous rapper. Let me hear you say, ain't no half stepping. And I was like, wow, Madonna know my shit? I was so fascinated, like blown away, like, Wow. And then afterwards, we came downstairs and I was like, hey, thank you for acknowledging me. And she was told me about her book that she was doing and asked me to be a part. And I was like, hey, I would be honored. And she was like, all right, well, hold on. Before you say that, I just want you to know that, you know, it's going to be nude photos. And I was like, well, shit, even better. And <laughs> we made it happen. Yeah, bro. That was a, it's crazy because like um, when that book came out, you know, I was going to a very popular high school in Los Angeles City. And there was rumors running around all over the place and shit, right? And it was just, it was wild. It was like, oh shit, um, that's crazy. So skip now, right? It's 2021, bro. Minus the pandemic, what's an average day like? You like, what do you got going on? What business are you into? All that. Honestly, I think that my toughest job right now is trying to maintain this damn hairline. I think that's the toughest thing for me to do right now. You see, I've been lost. My... I mean, I, bruh, I never worked this hard before in my life in, in peak of my career. Cause you know, I mean, it's just, you know, jump out the limo, jump on stage and jump back in the limo, you know, all the other stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I can handle it, handle it, handle it, Roy. You know, it's, it's that type of thing. But now, I mean, it's like so much going on. Um, I got something going on with, um, BET, um, where we're doing, um, a Juice Crew biopic on, you know, based on the lives of myself, Biz Marquis, Coogee Rap, MC Shan, Roxanne Shante, Marley Mall, Fly Tide, Mr. Magic. So um, that's in the works and um, just, you know, seeing over that project um, along um, with Jesse Collins and Shaq Kim come here. Um, so it, it's like that's going on. And also I'm 
almost finished with um my hip hop documentary. Um, I did a documentary um called Paragraphs I Manifest, talking about lyrics and hip hop, and um it's coming together beautiful. It, I was shut down for a year because of the pandemic. Right. It was like right before I could um interview um Eminem and Nas. Everything shut down. But now we back in business and we almost complete with it. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful documentary where you have some, you, you know, your greatest artists talking about, you know, their writing techniques and um, what inspired them to do this song and, you know, things of that nature. I even have the battle rappers like Goods, the Animal, Averb talking about battle rap. And I'm talking to them about how battle rap was back in the days, you know. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I have a few... Um, you know, projects like that going on. Nice, man. So, you, Shaquem, you know, is it the same one who uh, used to be at Flavor Unit? Was it? Uh, uh, yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Shaquem Latifah's man. Yeah, Latifah. Yeah. Wow, crazy. I haven't heard his name in forever. Man, that's a solid dude, man. Like, yeah, that's a real solid dude. dude. Yeah, 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 no doubt, man. So, my next question is probably the most important question is, what made you stop rapping? Well, I'm not going to say that I stopped rapping. Um, I'm... I'm featured on the new Morris Day single that comes out, um, I think, next week or week after next, something like that. Um, you know, I've done features with other artists. So, I mean, you know, I still do what I do, but I mean, that's just not the focus. Right now, I'm pretty much more on the business side and trying to really crack into um, television and film more. Like I started my own production company a, a year ago. And um, uh, well, me and my manager, you know, we, we, we have it together um, called Star Vision. But um, that's really what I'm what I'm what I'm focused on right now. Okay, I didn't mean to say it like you stop, but I mean like I think there was a, a Last Supper project, right? That was a few years ago, and then um, like as far as albums, that's why I was I was like, damn, you know what? I was trying to see when the last record was, but again, you know, I mean, I was just curious because uh, you know, I always look forward to seeing you. You know, when I seen you in um Robert Townsend movie, I forgot what it was with, with the blonde hair. Media uh, man. Yes, and you're media man. I was like, oh shit, okay, boom. You know, it was cool to see you. You know, pop up. But one of the dope things about you was that, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not even taking away anything from Will Smith or nothing, but, you know, there was a point in time where people would never remember, you know, before, way before summertime, talking about like brand new funk days, you know, Fresh Prince and, and Jazzy Jeff, there was like, you know, that was shit to listen to, you know? And, and, you know, I don't think he could, I mean, he tried to rap that one time on Barbara Walters' show and it was like, I was like, oh shit, this is really bad. But, um, you know, you was always a lyricist. That was what was one of the dope things, you know, Rakim, G-Rap was, you know, and, even Biz was dope, but Biz was more like, you know, more entertainer type, right? Like, it was different. So I was just curious, you know, what, what uh, if something had happened um, that made you want to just kind of like maybe, you know, fuck the music. I don't know what it was. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just at a point in my life where, um, you know, um, I just really need to be more focused on making sure that my family is secure and taken care of. And, and there's something left behind for, you know, for them to have when I'm gone. You know, right. so that's really what I'm really trying to build, you know, um, on a more business sense. You know, I mean, you know, because it's like as far as Big Daddy came, you know, I'm, I'm 52 years old and um, my career has existed for 34 years. Right. And right now, um, well, <laughs> before all this COVID stuff, you know, we were still touring, you know, oh, as before, okay. before they shut everything down. Me, MC Light, Dougie Fresh, Houdini. Um, you know, all of us, we chub rock, you know, we still was on the road on the regular. Damn. Like, that's on nice. the regular. You know, I don't I don't mean like just Valentine's Day and Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. On the regular, you feel me? 
No, that's nice, man. You know yeah. what? Um, you know, I'm sure you saw DMX had passed away, and um, you know, it made me think about shit, right? Just because that hit a little more close to home. And then uh, they showed Black Rob was in the hospital. I don't know if you saw that, right? And he was yeah. homeless, not doing too well. And so last week, Styles P from the Locks, he said, "Hey, man, you know what? Hip hop needs to unionize." You know, in, in the wake of what's going on with Black Rob, like, you know, he I, I feel like he's right somehow, some way. Like, bro, they, you, know, you know, there were stories where I forgot who it was. If someone from Main Source, I forgot someone was was working at the Turnpike, you know, taking tickets and shit and things. And it's like J. Rue the Damager was saying was, you know, driving a cab. And just like, how you feel about that? You think that hip hop should kind of some, have some sort of a union? So like, you know what I mean? Because I mean, people, legends should be taken care of. That's what I feel like. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I, I heard, uh, when I heard, I saw something that Master P had said about it just recently. And, you know, he was speaking on, you know, like uh, a way we're creating something where there could be some sort of, like, I don't know what you want to call it, um, pension or whatever, where, or in some sort of insurance where, you know, um, hip hop artists, you know, from the past that, you know, that, that entertained us, you know, and, and we enjoyed their, their music, you know, we're, we're Okay, they're older now, and they they can have their medical bills taken care of, and and you know have something a little something to fall back on. And I thought the Master P, you know, had a great idea, a great concept, you know. But I do, I will say this: for those fortunate few that after hip hop, you know, find work, you know, what I'm saying you can find work, you know, working in a turnstile, you can find work driving a cab. Don't be ashamed of that. No, you know not what I'm at all. Because I mean, you know, everybody else got, you know, everybody, you know, the, the average person got, you know, a, a regular job. The average person got a regular job. So don't be ashamed of that. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's your game. Stick to it. When I say game, I mean general amount of money earned. Stick to it. Right. That's what's up, bro. So let me ask this, man. Where the fuck are all those big ass gold chains, bro? Where all that big trunk jewelry at, man, from the <laughs> 80s, bro? Tell me, man. I'm just, you know. I was so careless with that, man. I wish I had that Bismarcky type of uh, mentality because he's a collector. Yeah. He saves everything, protects everything, you know? I mean, I don't know. How, it's like with the, with the chains, most of them I either gave to my brother, oh. road manager, one of my boys, you know, like, nah, you can have it. Go ahead, go ahead, live. You know, um, most of them that with the rings and bracelets, like, that's on me. Cause I had a bad habit back then. Like we're like, you know, I got a chick in the room and I'm drunk and I hide the jewelry so that she can't steal it. And then my dumb ass get up the next morning and bounce from the hotel room and housekeeping done came up. Oh. Cause I done hit it for myself and forgot about it when I, when I sobered up, you know what I'm saying? Damn. <laughs> you know, you know I might've left a, a ring and a bracelet, you know, in the nightstand drawer or up under the bottom of the nightstand in Texas, Houston, Texas, <laughs> and don't realize it till we in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know? Yeah. Damn, man. It happens. <laughs> nah, it does, man. It does, man. So let me ask you, man. What is the biggest word of advice that you could give a 19, 17, 18, 20-year-old kid today that wants to become a rapper? Like, what's the best advice you can give to a youngin? I would, I would tell them two things. The first thing I would tell them is that when you get into the music business, understand and recognize the two words, music, business, you know, be on top of your music, but also be on top of your business, you know, cause this is a dog eat dog world. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's real cutthroat, you know, so you got to be on top of your business. 
the same way you focused on that album, focus that same way on your business. Make sure that you're on top of it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, your mother, your father always told you the worst that can happen is someone say no. You know, so, I mean, if it don't happen like that, then it ain't meant to happen, you know, but don't just settle. Be on top of your business, be on point, be sharp. Make sure that your business is taken care of. The second thing I would say to them is that when you're doing this, be original. Do not follow a trend. Because when you follow the trend, once the trend is gone, your ass gone. Be original, give the people you. Make them embrace you, want to be a part of you. You know what I'm saying? Want to have a flat top like Kane. No laces like Run DMC. A bald head like Tretch. Um, You know what I'm saying? Make them want to be like you. Bamboo earrings like salt and pepper. You know, make them want to be like you. Give them you. That's what's up, bro. That's great advice, man, right there. Um, you know, with music going on today, man, I feel like, you know, people are like, oh, hip hop is just expanded so much. And I'm like, shit, I, I mean, I guess, it, you know, technically, yes, it has, right? That's kind of a hybrid hip hop, right? But is there any rappers you listen to today? Is there anything you actually rock with? Um, I love Rhapsody. I love J. Cole. Kendrick, Logic, um, you know, I, I like them as well. Um, I guess the main two would be uh, J. Cole and Rhapsody, right. you know. But um, I love I love the Migos image. Right. I love the Migos image, you know. I like how they how they mix, you know, the, the, the fly stuff with the hood stuff. You know, I love the image. That's dope, man. You know, there's very few people that are still, I mean, of course, J. Cole is still, you know, he's, kind of like newer, but he's, you know, to somebody's real super new dudes, he's considered like an older dude, right? Kendrick is, you know, also even, you know, came out later than, than after uh, J. Cole did and stuff, right? But like someone like Pusha T, right? Who's been now in the game for officially for 20 years or so and still out there doing it. Like you rock with the clips? You fuck with Pusha T? Absolutely. Okay. Come on. Yeah, yeah. nah, that's, 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 I love that dude. Yeah, that's my guy. I love that dude. I love the clips. Yeah. Push it is hard. Um, yes, yeah, that's my boy. Uh, what would you say the best business move that you've made in the last 10 years was? I guess really, um, I guess the best business move I've made in the past 10 years would probably be focusing on something other than hip hop. Right. Do you fuck with stocks? You've been fucking with cryptocurrency. I don't know if you see what's going on in the last week or the last few months. It's just been exploding. I don't know. if Have you messed around, dabbled in crypto? Um, I'm trying to get into it now. I have a neighbor that's been um, educating me about it. So it's something that I'm trying to get into now. And he's been explaining that, like, you know, like you should get in not now, but right now. Right. You no. Know? Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's yeah. <laughs> Understand, Kane, let me explain something to you. I just, I just said this on my last episode. NFTs are out right now. A lot of artists are going to the NFTs, a lot of musicians, a lot of people. I think that there's, a lot of things for you to do in the NFT space as far as, you know, being, you know, you being a legend in rap. But just four months ago, I've told four or five people, oh, one's really famous, his name is YG, he's a gangster rapper from Compton, and uh, another dude named Vince Staples, who I actually love, really creative, uh, brilliant dude. And um, there's a meme coin, right? There's obviously Bitcoin you've heard of, there's a bigger Ethereum, and the bigger coins, Litecoins, these been around, they're bigger. But there's a meme coin called Dogecoin, well, Dogecoin. And um, it's just like something for fun. So, you know, I was like, you know, fuck it. I've been kind of messing with crypto. And four months ago, I put $2,500 into it, right? 
that shit hit 25 cents today. I, I don't think you understand. Like $2,500 has just turned into over $150,000. From $2,500, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? And I've been helping people get into it. So if there's something you-, you said it's called Dogecoin? Dogecoin, yeah. D-O-G-E. Dogecoin, Dogecoin. That, Ethereum, just because of what the future is, you know, any business and you know manager you have or any financial advisor, if they're not telling you about crypto, and it's like, because at this point, you're going to be left behind for the next century. You know, however long you live, you know, it's going to be also, it's crazy what's going on. It's going to, it's getting, you just have to be able to be fluent in that. And that's something I've been really pushing heavy, you know, um, on my show. It's because it's made a lot of people, a lot of money. In fact, the wealthiest people in the world will probably be from crypto. Like they're going to surpass Elon. They're going to surpass Jeff Bezos. They're going to surpass all the big dogs, Buffett and all of them. That's from crypto. It's just really crazy. No, but I, I definitely want to um, um, learn more about it and get involved. And I, and like I said, you know, my neighbor was explaining to me like, nah, you can't drag your feet. You need to hurry up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I get it. I get it, my brother. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's exploding. So, man, the last question I ask every guest who comes on this show is, do you have anything you want to ask me? <laughs> this is a simple question, man. What do you think? it would take to get some of the major heads involved in hip hop to start trying to change the mindset of the youth? Man, you know, um, that's actually a very tough question. Uh, it's never anything that, that they've been asked me let before. Me, let me rephrase it then. Do you think that it's possible that we could get the likes of maybe a Jay-Z, Master P, Ice Cube. Kanye, right. <laughs> I don't know if he would want to be involved in that. Um, but the likes of, you know, cast like that to like come together. And Kevin Lyles. Like, the, like people like that to come together collectively to try to change the narrative of hip hop. I think it's not really anything far-fetched. You know, I think more than ever, you know, um, let's not be mistaken in any which way, right? Um, I'm a Korean American, was born in LA. I grew up in the hood. Uh, I grew up around blacks and Jews all my life. I didn't grow up around Asians until I got to a certain age. And uh, when I did come in contact with some Asian people, they didn't have the same interests as me because I was a product of my environment. With that said, what I'm getting at is, listen, man, I grew up in black culture. You know, it's not a surprise or anything to anybody, right? Some people, they don't know. I think after maybe five minutes, people will be like, yo, this dude been around black people almost all, you could just tell. Um, and with that said, I've seen Q move differently. I've seen Jay move differently. I've seen the way that they want to give, like just how Jay is, you know, buying DMX's master so we can give them to his 17 kids. Um, how some people are paying for people's legal fees and things. I think with that said, um, because hip hop is black and it's, you know, majority, right? I think that all those heads will come together, including Dr. Dre. Kevin Lyles is one of my old homies. I haven't seen him in forever, but I think they would just because of um, it's time for them to control the narrative. You know, they have the power in their hands collectively together. If they all came together, they could. You know, it would just take, you know, um, a little bit of conversation. You know, maybe one person talks to another. You know, maybe uh, Dre talked to Cube. And then Cube talks to, you know, Ice-T. Ice-T talks to uh, Jay. Jay talks to Kevin Lyles. 
Kevin brings in whoever else you could think of. And then Master P comes in because, you know, and I've known P. P was at, at priority, you know what I'm saying? I've had these conversations. Right. And um, it's not even something that I think it has to happen. How about that? It, it's something that needs to happen. Like how you yeah. need to get into crypto, all the, all, the, all, all the major old school heads or the ones who are really have a lot of power that are sitting in it, they need to do something about it and they need to control the game. Because I agree. No, at, I agree. No, at the end of the day, how many check writers are black? I'm sorry, man. I'm being real with you. I'm talking about the real above the above the above, right? And um, you know, there's very few labels that exist now, right? Everything's pretty much under universal. But if we were to have a further discussion, I don't know how much help I could get to. You know, I'm a degree of separation away from almost everyone you've mentioned, right? Um, I don't know, but it has to happen. I just feel like, you know, and it and I don't need any part of nothing it just feels like it just should happen i think it should be it's like you know it's not like reparations it's just y'all just need to take it it's yours you know what i'm saying like it's just i, I don't know what else like it's it's fucking no, yours no, no no listen my brother i'm not asking you to try to make a change oh no i was no. just taking oh, yeah. advantage to use your platform to get the idea and concept out there you know and hear your views on it you know that's all you yeah know? no yeah. i feel i feel like look man that is something that needs to happen. It is something where, like, I mean, you know, I know Cube got a lot of shit for uh, meeting with Trump's party to try to do whatever. And I do agree. I was like, damn, man, timing's fucking bad, bro. Like, goddamn. But I understand what he was trying to do, right, and everything. Right? I get it, too. But I get it. with hip-hop, like, bro, this is, you know, this is what it is, man. There should be some sort of a fucking alliance. And it don't even have to be the people I named, you know? It just need to be players that's in that position, because there are um, artists, you know, um, a lot of artists that's trying to, you know, make a change and, and lead the youth in the right direction. But I don't think that they really at that level, that platform to really do it. But the, those, some of the artists that are, man, I would love to see that happen, you know? Yeah, no, I, would love to see I, w I mean, I hope, you know, in my lifetime, I hope that Jay does do it because shit, man, you know, it, it would be an amazing thing. But, uh, yo, Kane, man, I, I don't know how else to, to say this, but thank you so much for even taking the time to come on the show. And uh, you're always welcome to come back anytime you want. Um, let me know if you ever need me to come on your show or whatever. And uh, if there's anything you Hold can... on. Right there. Speaking of my show. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> your show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I do have a new podcast that comes out April 26th on Apple Podcast. Um, and it's called Did You Hear the One About Big Daddy Kane? And I'm I'm starting from, you know, um, like my high school years when I'm just beginning to start rapping, talking about all that, you know, um, and everything. And, you know, even like, you know, um, my um, turntables getting stolen from my grandmother's house, going all the way up to meeting biz on up to everything, you know, um, working with Jay-Z and everything. You know, so all that's being discussed on it, man. So it's, did you hear the one about Big Daddy Kane on Apple Podcasts? And it comes out April 26th. You hear that, guys? BTB Army. Make sure you look out for Big Daddy Kane, Apple Podcast, April 26th. Yo, bro, I'm going to hit the subscribe button. In fact, you know what? When that comes out, make sure uh, Jordan and Miles, you guys hear me, man? Dust Brothers, we got to do a one-time little promo shout out for my man Kane. You know what I'm saying? Got to show him some love. So look, that's going to happen. And uh, when that does, uh, I think Saquon had told me you, you recorded, you know, the thing already. But when uh, you do a second season or whatever, man, I'm on there. 
I got stories for days, man. You know, one of my monikers is the Forrest Gump of hip hop. Because I've been around, you know, everything, right? I was friends with Pac. I was friends with, you know, I did, was part of the Rockefeller deal with Jay. And just, I've been around a lot of shit, you know, from not just jewelry and everything else. And uh, I've been able to uh, stay relevant over the last 30 years. So, you know. I see, brother. And I want you to continue success, man. Continue success to you, man. I wish you nothing but the best, man. Keep doing it. And God bless you, too. And I hope you and your family and everyone, man, keep striving and all that in your miles. With that said, man. Throw a little lakey lake, and we'll be right back with more BTB. For those of you who don't know who Big Daddy Kane is, right, from just the conversations, I really try to ask him. I asked him questions um, that were general, but, you know, for the average rap fan, you might not know who he is. So do some research, okay? He was one of Jay-Z's biggest inspirations to rap, right? And he was also Diddy's, you know, one of, there's a lot of people's inspiration, okay? So Big Daddy Kane, much respect, man. Put some respect on his name. And again, check out his podcast. It just came out today. It's called, Did I Ever Tell You The One About? All right, it's available now, streaming on all platforms. Please support Legends. Speaking of legends, we lost one. As I said before, DMX was buried this weekend and his ceremony was powerful, fucking beautiful. Seeing all those motorcycles, seeing the fucking, you know, just the way that fucking Rough Riders did that shit. I knew it was going to be lit, okay? Hearing Nas talk, my man Swizz, all that shit. But on a negative note, Irv Gotti is super out of pocket. I think someone from the Double R fam should chin check the fuck out of him, okay? And then he should just smack Ja Rule just for living, while they're there, you get a two for one, okay? You can research what he said, all right? I won't disrespect the King X on this show. Now, when a motorcycle rider from the set, and when I say set, I mean like any Cali bike gang or any California bike club, whenever someone from the set died, the funerals were always crazy as hell, right? Those days give me chills just thinking about it, and you know what? I'm just past those days, Sad to say, but you know, it is what it is. I know I mentioned that trying to, you know, do this thing with cocky again. And, and, I, and I don't know how, what capacity I just, right now, man, I have just really realized what my schedule is like for the rest of this year and next year. I just, I'm book solid and flooded. I don't have a lot of time for extracurricular activities. I don't even have time for fucking my own leisure. I just really am focusing on the family and shit and everything, right? Anyways, now, um, I'm sadder to say that we lost another legend. We keep saying this shit is crazy. Right, it's just too crazy. This is happening, but Shock G passed away a few days ago um, from the group, founding member of Digital Underground. Uh, yes, Bay Area legends, but they're also globally known. Shock G was so goddamn talented and so versatile. You know, not only was he responsible for bringing Tupac into the game and introducing him to the world, right? He was a groundbreaking hip hop artist and producer. Okay, he was the first rapper to have two aliases that he acted on in real time. All right, when he was Humpty Hump, he was a fun clown around party dude, but still busting little lyrics, dressing all crazy and shit. Right, like really in character. When he was Shock G, he was that smooth Bay Area Oakland producer rapper with so much fucking flair. Okay. I met Humpty in the early 90s, you know, when I was going to college, obviously in the band stuff and everything. And 
in uh, Sex Pack. It's the first digital underground album um, in the uh, liner notes. I think I mentioned it in the K Don Hustle series, but they said, you know, no thanks to the Albany police for delaying our studio session, which is crazy, man. I would connect with Shock, you know, every several, like, you know, years here and there. I'd just run into him randomly in different areas, like just the most random fucking areas you could think of, right? Such a kind dude. He produced one of my favorite songs of all time. That's So Many Tears by Pac. Man, so, such a powerful fucking song. That bass line is like, when you hear that, doom, 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 just like, fuck, man, right? And um, even up till 10 years, a decade after that song dropped, a lot of people didn't know he produced that song. It's crazy, right? But what he meant to... Um, not just Bay Area rap, okay? Because you're not just going to pigeonhole my dude and put him in a box, okay? He was so worldwide with his sound. It was crazy, okay? He dressed different. He wasn't obvious. He wasn't predictable. His style was uncanny. Look, man, this dude was one of the first rappers to really be like on that alternative shit, all right? With his rhymes, when he mixed jazz with funk and just, man, he was just so cold with it, bro. Like, you need to listen to Do What You Like, all right? He just made that shit work and just the piano, man, all that shit. Look, um, the last time I saw Shock G was uh, at the movie premiere, the official movie premiere for Tupac's movie, the All Eyes On Me movie. And um, I'm just sad he's gone, man. I always gave dude his flowers whenever his name came up. And uh, again, my condolences to his family. Um, my condolences to my boy, Money B. Money B, man, I don't know where you at, bro. Uh, we should have a talk soon, man. But yo, rest in peace to Shock G, aka Humpty Hum. Listen, guys. Longevity is the ultimate flex, okay? No matter what anyone says, no matter what immature shit comes out of my mouth, Understand that people mentioning my age is so lame and so fucking corny. Like to me, like you, that shit don't bother me at all. I've never been like, oh my God, don't tell anybody how old. I talk about how old I am, how washed I am daily, hourly. I'm fucking Benjamin Button. All right, I'm the Korean Benjamin Button. You guys, I've lived 25 lifetimes at least. You think age is important to me? Like, that shit don't mean nothing. Experience is important, okay, goofies? No matter how much people can't stand other people with money, it's why most of us are fucking here. On this podcast, on social media, everything else, because money is important. It, look, it shouldn't fucking consume all your time and take up your life, but it's fucking important, Okay. And what I try to do is give some free game on how to get some money on this show, all right? Nobody will ever offend me with mentioning when I was born, all right? You gotta be stupid to even try. You say, grow up, man. Grow up, really? No, fucko, get your paper up, okay? Get your lifestyle up. Change someone's life in more ways than one. Take care of some fucking people and put them on game, all right? Put some paper in your teammates' pockets for no reason, okay? Make at least one person rich in your lifetime, all right? I've made dozens, okay? And I've done this without having to lie or steal. When I was growing up, I 
always gravitated towards the older cats, right? Not the younger ones. Now, look, I'm down with both. And I love teaching and I love learning. But listen, you don't grow old by being a fool, okay? Fucking weirdos. I know my comedy ain't fucking for everybody. I'm not a fucking comedian. I just say what the fuck I feel, okay? Now look, this year was the first year in over 40 years. Yes, 40 years, okay? This is the first time in 40 years that I've missed the Academy Awards, right? That shit is actually crazy for me to say because I was such a big fan for so many fucking years. I care, oh my God, who's gonna win Best Director? Who's gonna win? This ain't the fucking I Am Rapport podcast, man. This is behind the baller, all right? And I think this past year just kind of scarred me with like entertainment movies here and there. It's like, I remember, you know, over a year ago, right before the pandemic, like I'm here with the Dust Brothers in the man cave and we're watching fucking Ford versus Ferrari, even our fucking favorite Mendocino fucking farms, the fucking fried chicken sandwich and having a fucking good time and drinking Mexican Cokes and shit, smoking weed. And it just like went to shit. Okay. This past year fucked me up. All right. So I just don't give a fuck about the Oscars and whatever, you know. I know there's five, six movies that are nominated for best film. I didn't see one of them, okay? I do. I want to see Minari. I want to see that fucking Metal of Sound, where the fuck that shit is. Two Distant Strangers, all that stuff. Look, I will. But it's just not something that's important to me at the moment. You know, I've been kind of busy trying to keep my kids sane and happy, right? Um, trying to help my wife out. She's going fucking crazy with what's going on. The three kids ain't no joke. Right, even with some help with the in-laws or anything else. My wife does it mostly on her own and I try to hold down the financial part and then come in and assist as much as I can. But the only real time that I get to myself, like where I can watch a full, like an hour and a half, two hour movie uninterrupted, because I don't mind watching shows and catching forms, but a movie, you gotta watch that shit interrupted, right? Uninterrupted, I'm sorry. Only time is be on a plane, okay? And none of those movies were available on my flight to NYC. Yeah, I know I could have downloaded some shit here and there. Look, it's my first trip back. I was trying to fucking just get back in the groove, right? But I will catch up, right? Don't know who the fuck won and everything else, whatever. I don't fucking give a fuck when I can talk about it. You guys can, that's easy to fucking talk about the movies. I wish I could, okay? But speaking of movies, I hear mixed reviews about Mortal Kombat. I think Jordan, uh, Mr. Jordan Winter, the Dust Brothers said uh, it was good. Some people say it was lit. Some people said it was whack. In fact, I think more people said it was whacked, and I don't know. Look, I, am I going to watch it? I don't fucking know. Why don't you guys tell me which one it is? All right. In fact, you know what? Guess why, guys? We have guest uh, podcast fan questions next weekend. So make sure you leave your comments on the fucking podcast page now. Leave a five-star review. Leave it in question format, and I will answer it on the show. Okay? Now, I spent this weekend with my family barbecuing and swimming all right, I spent a bit of time with my boy Cuddy, you know, chilling, eating crab legs and shit with them, some nice little butter sauce yesterday. His chef cooked. Uh, we got some shit. Speaking of cooking, we got some shit, you know, we have to cook up. Um, but one thing I must mention about this weekend is I watched a show called Generation Hustle on HBO Max. Okay, Generation Hustle is fucking excellent. Right? It is all about these scammers and the cons that they pulled. And there's like, man, there's, I don't know, eight, 10 episodes. A few of these guys that pulled these shits that were the most fascinating with these younger cats, right? In college, high school. Some of them were their late teens, early 20s. Look, I had no idea 
that that huge work office place, you see the fucking, if you live in any metropolitan city or any major area, you'll see these fucking signs like for buildings, you get rent office space and it says we work, right? I had no idea that that shit was a big fucking scam in a cult. Like, wow, that shit fucked me up. It blew my mind. In fact, I'm going to do some more research on it because look, I found out that there's an entire deeper full documentary about we work on Hulu, calling it the unicorn that what really, whatever the fuck it was. I gotta watch that shit because that motherfucker was a scam artist. But look, guys, trust me when I say you must watch Generation Hustle. It's on HBO Max, okay? They even got an episode on Anna Delvey, right? Who was on my IG Live. I think I mentioned about her coming, I hosted a clubhouse with her and she was going off calling people peasants and shit, answering questions and fucking Julia Fox ended up being a huge fan of hers. I had no idea. She talked about how she finessed half of New York City and, you know, she just got out of jail in February. And then last month, she comes on my fucking IG Live, you know, we got a fucking clubhouse, and she said some shit. She's untouchable, all this other shit. And um, she was talking all her shit out of jail. And uh, she gets out of jail straight to fucking Instagram and, you know, again, straight to finessing. And uh, right after she got on our clubhouse chat, you know, she was snitch on herself. A lot of people snitch on themselves, right? Well, ICE came to her house. Yes, ICE, you know, deport the fucking uh, immigration shit. They came to her place, got her ass, and deported her, okay? But what's crazy is she did her time in fed jail. She was even in Rikers for a little bit. And while she was in jail, she landed a huge Netflix deal. She landed a book deal. She got like a fucking clothing last month. Look, America is crazy as fuck. Again, watch Generation Hustle, it is fucking, it will not disappoint you guys. Weird question. Do any of you guys know what a vampire facial is? Okay. I know the women who listen to this show are, and you know what? I'd have a lot of female listeners, okay? I didn't know what the fuck it was, okay? But it's a platelet-rich plasma facelift, okay? It's a cosmetic procedure that uses the patient's blood to potentially fight the signs of aging, okay? So I guess it's like Botox, but a different fucking version of it. Look, the platelet-rich plasma, also known as PRP, gets injected along with a hyaluronic acid filler, okay? And it's put into your motherfucking face. And this procedure is supposedly supposed to reduce wrinkles, all right? I don't know who the fuck care. I mean, people do care. Obviously, it's a gigantic billion-dollar business. But why am I mentioning vampire facials on BTB? Want to know why? Because I talk about sick fucks and weirdo fucking things, okay? Because a med spa in New Mexico was giving vampire facials, and now that med spa is linked to 24 cases of HIV, can you fucking imagine? I got goosebumps just saying that right now. From doing vampire facials, if you got HIV from that shit, okay? And look, I know that there's crazy medicine to keep you alive now. Like, you know, people aren't dying from HIV like that, but look, fuck that shit. I'm sorry, not even a hundred million dollars in a settlement could not rectify getting that virus, period. You know, it's just, people gotta be more careful. Like, Jesus, like people for real, look, girls, stop fucking with your faces, okay? Stop 
injecting foreign shit into your bodies, your asses, everything else. Boom. Look, you want to do liposuction? You know, great. You know, uh, liposuction? Yeah, go ahead. We're here. But it's like some of these motherfucking girls are just getting these crazy ass lips. They look fucking crazy, man. <sighs> On some uh, some better news. Well, for us at least, <laughs> not for you guys. Maybe I don't know. My wife booked two nights at a Disneyland hotel and for the kids, you know, for all of us, for the family. Um, Disneyland is only allowing 25% capacity or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, I told you my wife was online waiting eight, nine hours. She couldn't get in. Well, we got in through a back door, right? That shit sold out fast as fuck. And uh, as of right now, Disneyland is only letting California residents in right now, letting fucking visitors from other states or this, whatever. I guess, I don't know what that does. It's cool for us though, right? So I'm excited to take Kaya there. She's never been, okay? Kaya's only three. She's almost four. She's never been, right? The boys have been a couple times. We're gonna take them for a quick retreat, have fun. But um, on even better news, we just booked our first vacation since the pandemic, okay? We had a trip last year for a spring break to go to Cabo for a week, right? Got canceled because of the fucking pandemic. That shit was supposed to be in you know, early April. We were on a fucking stay-at-home order, right? Boom. We were supposed to go to London for a family trip last year. Like, we were supposed to have a couple family trips and all kinds of shit. We didn't do nothing. We listened, stayed home. Good for all you guys that fucking went out and had fun and, you know, whatever. Cool. And, you know, that ain't me. But uh, by the way, I had a bunch of trips that got canceled last year. You already know my Murakami fucking tour, all that stuff. But anyways, I forgot that we had credits for the Cabo trip from last year. So we're going as soon as the kids finish school and I'm fucking pumped. Like I'm excited. Can't wait to hit fucking Edith's and Nixon and all my shit. Like walk down to fucking downtown, all that shit. Just want to just, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to all the trips. You know, we still got a lot of RV trips to... um, Grand Canyon and fucking Yellowstone and probably gonna take some trips to the Bay. But specifically on that Cabo trip, like, you know, we're gonna be there for a little bit. That's what I love about Cabo. You can go, it's only a two hour and 10 minute flight and you're like in paradise, okay? And when I get there, I am going to reset my entire Instagram, okay? I used to follow like 30 people, 50 people, and this, that, whatever, follow a ton. And I would unfollow people. I just was like, yo, man, I'm being a fucking, I'm being some lame. That's just so fucking corny. And I, I recognized, I was like, that's just lame. So like I'm following everyone, I, you know, I really know and whatever. And like, look, I realized I'm going to reset that whole shit. I need to mute about 75% of the people I currently follow. And I need to follow like at least a 200 new people just to see some different shit on my timeline, okay? Because it, it's exhausting to watch the same shit. This person's a racist. Stop this, da 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 whatever. Oh, I went here and fucking this, fucking, oh, anti-vax this and fuck you and Trump here. I'm just so fucking sick of it, all right? Okay? A lot of my friends are just doing the same shit and they're repeating it with different clothes on. And some of these motherfuckers are doing it with the same clothes on, all right? It's not a money thing, but it's, you know, never mind. I need a reset. All right. Anyways, this weekend on Saturday, May 1st is our first real PML quick strike. We have been doing these for eight years now, guys. All right. And we are meeting down to in downtown LA and we are headed to the city of Walnut. Yes. In the Inland Empire, i.e. They got this place called Colima Burgers. That's fucking fire over there. I don't think I'm gonna hit that, but yo, it is going to be a great drive. I love that fucking drive. Okay. And this event is sponsored by and for stop AAPI hate. All right, of course, this is a Platinum Motorsport event. If you don't know what PML is, I'm one of the founding people of PML. It's Platinum 
motorsport lifestyle. Okay, we got some celebrities joining in and there's gonna be a lot of fucking crazy exotic cars. Got my boy Keys to the Jungle who's gonna be my first co-pilot on a quick strike. Um, you know what? That's a bullshit. That's, that's my second. My first was my brother-in-law, Vince. Um, but I'm bringing out my destroyer, bringing out the Black Mamba. The Senna is out, ready. We have that 100 octane gas in it. We're gonna put some miles on the Mamba. Um, this is a totally free event. So if you want to come just to see some fire ass cars, then go to at PML Quick Strike on IG and check out where the meetup is at. The address is listed there. Okay, guys, the route to the destination will not be given until 20 minutes before we depart. All right. If you'd like to partake in the actual drive, you must have something fast and please drive fucking safe. All right. Don't drive like a fucking jackass. You can drive like a bat out of hell, but have some fucking control, right? I'm doing a pre-meetup with about 10 spots available. So that's before, and we pull up to the event together. If you do want to come to that, you must have a European exotic car to join the pre-meet. You could DM me for the address, all right? Listen, guys, it has been a while since I've said this, but today is Monday, and you have to make it a great day day. Always remember, this is not your practice life. Yo, guys, that is it for the weekend wrap up. I love y'all. I am out of here, y'all. Yo, Lakey Lake, what's good, my dude? Yes, sir. Take us out of here, homie. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.